Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in. Okay, what's happening in the market 2023, Taylor? You go. Yeah, we're uh, we're doing a special edition for this podcast. The previous two podcasts were just a, a quick get to know you for Matt and myself. After this, we're going to bring on a, a long list of very interesting guests that are involved in the community and the market, just in a lot of fun, fun educational ways. So yeah, what's happening in the market 2023, where we're going, obviously interest rates have inclined. Interest rates are going to be the factor, right? The major one. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think so. I mean, could be in a positive way as well. We, we spoke about this previously. Yeah. I do think this recording is January 25th. It will probably get released in February. So yeah, my guess would be that there's a, another quarter rate increase at the end of January here. If I'm wrong about that, then we won't record any more podcasts. No, it's almost certainly going to be another quarter point, eh? Yeah. So if there's a quarter point, there's eight announcements a year by the Bank of Canada. Yeah. We're projecting that that's going to plateau. That will provide more certainty for buyers. People will be able to organize their household budget a little bit better. And we've got to remember, I mean, a lot of people are in mortgages that are fixed payment or they're a static payment with a variable associated to it. So most people's budget hasn't really changed a lot. It's just the transaction. So when someone's buying a new house, they're requalifying and that's where their, their increased payment's going to happen. But once we see a more leveled out, consistent strategy from the Bank of Canada, we'll probably see confidence in the market again and, and people will start to get out and make those transactions. Yeah. Like if the market, if the interest rates go up more, like it will sink prices more and sales, mm-hmm. Like they're not supposed to, but if they do, and then if they come down, like I think there is a reasonable, if they come down, like I think the market would rebound a bit. Like it's not going to be like 2021, but it would rebound a bit. I guess my fear is that if it, if they plateau and stay like this for too long or go up too much and they suck out everybody's equity and the cash flow for everybody, it'll just be way harder for us to rebound. Right. So like my fear is like, I know they want to uh, hit the soft landing and it's hard to time how to do that. But I just don't know how much time is the right amount of time. Yeah. So when I sat down with Bank of Canada, as I do every Friday. Yeah. When they call you. Yeah. They need your opinion. Yeah. You know, I I think the opportunity lies to get that soft landing, like you were saying, by lengthening the amortization. So instead of having a a 25-year AM or a 30-year AM, you stretch it out to a 35 or a 40. And what that does is it, it reduces your overall monthly payment because you're stretching your mortgage out so long. So it makes it more digestible for the consumer, as well as we can pre-approve you for a higher purchase price because you're going to have a a better debt service ratio. So that would be one suggestion I would make. Obviously, a lot of people don't want to take on a longer amortization. Um, You know, it's kind of in our blood to, to pay off debt as fast as you can. Like Canadians are really good at paying off debt. So I'm not worried about people defaulting on these mortgages. Everyone's going to do what they need to do to pay, pay their mortgage. But when I first started buying real estate, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you started to, I mean, that puts me at 15 years old. Yeah, pretty close. Um, When I first started buying, like 
Hell my first, time. yeah, my first property was 5% down on a 35 year mortgage. So, you know, they've taken that away because they've tried to reduce the risk for the consumer, but at some stage, they're going to have to provide that back in order to sustain the market. If they're going to keep these rates as high as they are. And there are a handful of lenders that go to a 35, 40 year amortization. So it's, it, it is a product that's available for the right person. It's just rates are going to be a little bit higher, but if it's about monthly budgeting, we have that opportunity to, to work with those lenders and Canada as a nation is very young. If we're comparing ourselves to Europe, they've been doing very long amortizations for, for centuries. Really? This is generational wealth, right? People in France and, and England, like their house basically stays in their family for, for generations and they can stretch their amortization out for much longer than what we do in Canada. So I think that's one option. And to fix where we are in the market, like lengthen it out to a 40 year, you can keep the rates where they are and maybe only do that for first time home buyers, like let them get into the market. And then when they sell and, and buy another place, then they have to qualify on a 30 year amp. What about a, like a tiered interest system for uh, first time home buyers? Yeah. Everybody wants like the government and also everybody wants people to be able to buy their first. Yeah. Right. And it just, it feels like the easiest thing to do is just say, when it's your first home, you get a point off or something like that. Uh, no, I agree. I don't think the um, the grants that they have in place are really that beneficial for first time home buyers, specifically on the property values, like in the Okanagan, Vancouver, yeah, Toronto. Yeah, because like, you get you have to be under five hundred thousand. Yeah, it's like it doesn't. There is no properties like that. Yeah, so you're you're restricted to a a condo, which there's yeah. nothing wrong with that, but you're you're again you're kind of handcuff handcuffing the consumer when you're pretending to provide a a value to them. Well, that's just the government just. It's just legs, right? Like these new yeah. uh, protections that just came out beginning of this year, like they're solving a problem for two from two years ago. Now we just don't have these issues. Yeah, I mean they're they're very reactive decisions instead of proactive. But they're not. They're also just not timed, right? Like no. It just it's a this is the nature of the beast. It just takes a while for these things to get through and get approved and passed and all this. But you're solving problems that are not. They've already solved. Right. So like, in my opinion, the market self-regulates, like yeah. if, if prices are too expensive, people aren't going to buy them. And if they're too cheap, obviously everyone's going to buy as much as they can. The government doesn't need to come in with a lot of these regulations, but, um, you know, some of them are good. Like you don't like the stress tests, for example, if stress tests, like everyone was bitching about it, yeah. but now the interest rates all went up and nobody's scared of everyone defaulting because everyone's been stress tested. The government, I think has a role here. Sometimes the way they do it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Like, I, so. I agree with that. I think with the stress test where it is now, they may have to um, change it slightly. Because we're at the peak? Because mean? we're so high. I mean, now yeah. we're... So the stress test, how it works is we're adding 2% to whatever the quoted contract rate is yeah. or 5.25%, whichever is greater. Yeah. So right now we're qualifying people at you know 7 or 8% yeah. because of the quoted rate. Yeah. So I think they may need to adjust that. Maybe just have the baseline of we're quoting people at 5.25 um, or the contract rate plus 2%, whichever is lesser. I mean, because we're not going to see those low rates again. So do yeah. Do they, is there any possibility the rates go higher? I think there is a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So like, yeah, you just like, is but now we're qualifying people for like a five-year term at seven or 8%. Yeah. I don't know. Do we need much more protection in the market? Like, I think 
most Canadians are responsible enough to look after themselves that way. But yeah, I, I think the stress test was actually good. Like it served its purpose for what it, it needed, but it may need to. But it's also well-timed, right? Yeah. Like you're, we had historically low interest rates. Like everyone on earth knew the rates were going to go up. Yeah. Right. At some point, nobody knew when, but they, everyone knew they were going up. I, I did. I knew the exact date. Were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Besides you. No. That's why they call you every Friday. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, <laughs> no. I think you're right. But uh, that's also something that people haven't taken into consideration in the last six months, right? We're all complaining about where rates are, but none of us were you know, well, this, celebrating a year ago being like, Oh my God, I'm making so much money because my mortgage payment's so low. Yeah. It's like it, it, if you're on a variable, it is the right play long-term, but yeah. you have to be able to weather the storm. Yeah. It's not an easy situation. Right. And then you have now everyone, a lot of people right now are predicting kind of like Twitter warriors are predicting like the market's going to crash by 30%, but they don't take into account that everybody's been approved at the rates that we're dealing with now. Wages might not have gone up a lot, but they've gone up enough to pay for the difference when they've already been approved of this, right? Yeah. So I just don't think we're going to see a wave of defaults. If it goes up another couple of percent, then I think we're in that territory. But right now, like we are, there are going to be a couple of defaults here, but I just don't think it's enough to sink the market. Yeah. Right. Like we have to, <clears throat> sellers right now are sticking to their price and they're not, there's not a lot of movement. Right. And some, I know that in some areas in Vancouver, like the Fraser Valley, they've seen like major price reductions, but like in our local market in Kelowna, like I just, we are going to see some price reductions, obviously, but I just don't think it's going to be the world's falling off the cliff just yeah. because of the way that we've been approved and the way it's been working out. During the last five years, people have been paying off their principal. They've been lowering their amortization. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're in a difficult position, you know, you look at lengthening out your amortization to control that monthly budget and there are strategies. Interesting. We, we kind of started to talk about this. I have, I have some notes that I, I was working on weeks ago. So yeah. it's just kind of funny that it happened this way, but statistically there's $2.8 trillion of debt, household debt in Canada, 2.07 trillion is uh, associated to mortgage debt. 730 million is non-mortgage debt. So that's, you know, consumers credit with cards and cars. credit cards, car loans, yeah. stuff like that. No. So a very small percentage is high interest debt. Most of it's obviously mortgages. Yeah. 40% of Canadians are mortgage free. That's an amazing statistic. It, it is. To me, that blows my mind. Maybe yeah. it's just the circle we run in. I can't say I know too many people who are mortgage free, nor do I really suggest it. I like the power of leveraging. I that. just feel like if I was mortgage free, I would immediately refinance and buy something else. Yeah. But like, Whatever. Yeah. Can do whatever they want. Yeah. I, I mean, congratulations to you if you're. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we should uh, maybe should, that should be one of the questions. That maybe it's a bit too invasive, but when we have guests on, because you have four, tell us exactly how much your mortgage is. Forty yeah. percent. That's insane. Yeah. And if they don't have score? a mortgage, I'm going to be yeah. pitching them a sale What's for your sure. Type? Need your credit score? Oh no, I already pulled the credit. Yeah. 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 And then basically, how how it's calculated is per dollar each Canadian makes like the yeah. household debt yeah. is $1 and 83 cents is owed towards debt. So it's, it's not actually that high. Is that, that's including mortgages. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't, it's not as bad as the media is portraying it is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. There is a ton of debt in Canada, but again, historically we've been very protected that way, you know, in 2008. Yeah. We had some issues here and there were some massive bailouts in the Canadian banking system, yeah. you know, relative to the, to the American banking system per capita, we injected more capital into our economy. 
you know, we didn't have such a volatile dip, especially in the Okanagan. I like, I'm much like you, a big fan of it here. And yeah, we just seem to be insulated from so many things. We are, we're kind of the, the last end of the recession, the first out. Also like we're pressure release valve, right? For like the bigger markets, like obviously Vancouver. Yeah. They're like, oh, the prices here are too expensive. I can go to Kelowna and buy the same, like a similar house for 60% of the price. Yeah. Gotten up now, but like, it's a significant difference, yeah. right? So it, it helps us weather these kinds of storms more. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree for sure. Also, like I've been saying this for years, but there's been a huge shift of people working remotely or working behind a laptop. And so they live where they want and then work online, right? So it's not live where you work so much. Like there's still that, but not the same. Like it's yeah. getting more and more. And then COVID happened and I was on steroids. Everybody now just yeah. lives where they want and works online. So places like Kelowna and destination cities are very insulated from this because people will just move here. Yeah. Right. And then work like there's people that live in Kelowna that work all over the world, like in all over the States that are just, they just go on to their zoom meeting or just like everybody else. working. There. Well, and there are still very affordable pockets of the Okanagan. I mean, you can, go an hour outside of Kelowna and yeah. get a price for half as much. And I still think like we are kind of in that bottom part of the market, just purely based on cost to build from materials and labor. Yeah. Uh, you know, like if you're going less than 250 a square foot, like 250 bucks a square foot to build a house, you're not really going to get a house less than a million bucks. Like that's where your, your kind of standard house is right. Yeah. Like on a 3000 square foot house yeah. plus the land value. Yeah. It's just not easy to develop and build. Also, so. like geography of Kelowna is like there is just not that many places we can go. Yeah. Right? Like we're mountains, we have a lake, mountains, and yeah, you can go east, but like there's a limit to how far that goes. Like there's mountains that way too. Right. So just geography, like we are there's only so much land. Yeah. Right. So like if the prices, the supply and demand, more people that come here. Prices are going to keep on going up. There's going to be ups and downs, but they're just going to keep on going up. Yeah. We're, I mean, obviously we're bullish on the market. Hopefully the long term. Yeah. Long -term, short term is harder to say like this year. Yeah. Like, it's hard to say it's going to happen because we just, there's so many things we don't know. Like we don't, we think that the interest rates are going to go up a quarter point and then stay flat, but that might not happen. It's hard to say short term, but long term is almost surely going up. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think, I mean, that's why real estate does well is because you can't liquidate it as quickly as you could a stock, yeah. right? Someone gets scared when the stock goes down, they sell it yeah. and then they buy when there's FOMO and you can't do that with real estate. You're going to, yeah. it's going to take Elon a Musk months. is not going to tweet away our market. Well, yeah, I don't know. Be careful. <laughs> he may. Don't give him any ideas. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, do you want to talk about some of the, um, some of the new, basically real estate laws that came out earlier this, this month? Yeah. So uh, what ones are they? So the, now we have to, there's a buyer rescission period. So you have three business days mm -hmm. to get out of a deal. So you can put in a no subject offer, put in three business days and you can get out of the deal. And then if you do, there, there's a fee associated with that. If right? you okay. kill the deal in the first, yeah. in that three day rescission period, you have to pay 0.25% yeah. of the purchase price. But like, it's kind of an unenforceable law because how do you get that money unless somebody puts a deposit in with the offer, which hardly ever happens. Yeah. Maybe they will start now, but I just don't see that happening. How do you get that money? Would you take them to court? Yeah. Like, like is that, is that your job as a realtor? No, it's specifically says in there is not the realtor's job, but whose job would it be? Yeah. What are we going to get the, the buyer to call a seller? Like I'll do everything for well, you. Right. So say, say you had a buyer and you guys backed out of it. Yeah. Would you, I mean, you just continue to work with that buyer. Like nothing's even happened or. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right. Like I don't, it's a tough one. It's just that law. I like the three day rescission period. I can, you know, like gives you three days to think about it. I don't understand why you got to pay to get out of it. Like I understand the concept. That's interesting. What, I don't understand the concept because wouldn't like they're trying well, they to want, they they're want, trying to slow down the market and make it healthier, more balanced for people to be able to yeah. to make a better decision. But is this not just going to make more offers? Like to pay the penalty or not even like to walk away from it isn't really much. I mean, I could get ten houses under contract, and then that's what they. That's why you got to pay the fee. So like if uh, you do if you put ten houses for a million dollars under contract, you got to pay twenty five hundred bucks on every one of them. Yeah, but. Right? Like how is that legally? If you just count that into your cost, it really doesn't make anything. Also, if you don't put a deposit in, how do you even get that money? Like yeah. I don't know. That part doesn't seem well thought out. The three day rescission period, you can kind of understand why that would make sense. Like people putting in unconditional offers, not even like so I, many people did that without even seeing the houses. Yeah, right? I always thought like a couple of years ago, I thought maybe mandating um, a home inspection or some kind of condition that provided a bit of protection. Yeah. So I guess that's what they're doing with this. But yeah, it's it's hard to enforce anything like that. Yeah. And then when you have conditional offers, which 99% of them are right now. Like that is just a meaningless, Yeah, you just kill the deal because you don't like the home inspection or you can't get approved, yeah. right? So like that's a solving a problem that's already been solved by the market, right? Mm-hmm. The three-day rescission period, when it goes back to no subject offers all the time again, then it will make sense. And people have three days, they can try and get a home inspector in there if the seller will allow them, which yeah. I can't imagine they all will, but some will. And then um, you have time to get an appraiser in there if you need for yeah. the for the financing or talk to your uh, mortgage broker about getting approved so that you don't have you can close on the property after you offered so like it does make sense it's just that 0.25 percent fee just to me doesn't seem well thought of yeah like I, maybe time will prove me wrong but as of right now it doesn't seem that to make that much sense i, I think becca is the only thing that's proved you wrong but time time <laughs> yes. could yeah. time could tell Okay, and then the strata bylaws. Yeah, um, so the, the I actually like this law of no more killing rentals. Like no more stratas can say no rentals. Yeah, right? I do as well. I think it's like renters are people too. I like that law. Like I know a lot of people don't like it. No, I'm with you. I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's a great law. Uh, the 55 plus is no more age restrictions either. So like if you have a 19 plus building or, or yeah. strata, they can't do that anymore. It can only be 55 plus like that one. I guess I'm less opinionated on it. I could go either way, but the rentals, like even for the 55 plus, they have to allow rentals too. So I think it will. And those people, it's kind of going to be a funny market situation. I don't, there's so many that I don't know if um, it will affect prices, but generally places that allow rentals are just worth more. Well, so, I was going to ask, yeah, do you foresee opportunity in the market then? With, yeah, like, like if you... There's a small window where you can Yeah, maybe, there's a, probably a small window right now, exactly, of buying those four rentals because they have, the market hasn't really shaken it out yet. Well, there's no comps, right? So basically, if you're buying in a building that used to be rental restricted yeah. and the comps 400, well, well that, that plus could be 420 now. In Kelowna, yeah, exactly. Like a 55 plus in Kelowna with no rentals is the cheapest place because it just has the less amount of buyers. So yeah. those places that now allow rentals, like that could be a market for people to go into. I know at KLO in Kelowna, there's a lot of those buildings that are like that 55 yeah. plus no rentals. And but it, I think that window is going to close. Yeah, It's not going to last forever. But, and I also yeah. like it affects the places that already allow rentals too, because now you have way more, right? So yeah. are those places yeah, going to drop gonna decrease. Yeah. But like, I don't, 
Will they drop a lot? Like, I, it's hard to say over Will the long term. Will it soften term. the rental market at all for tenants? I don't. It's not like these places are vacant, right? Yeah, it's not true. like they're they just all of a sudden they're going to have there. It's just a new place for them to also look, yeah. right? So, like, I don't think it'll have a major effect on that. I just think it's yeah. It's just it's it's a good change. That's, I agree. That's it's, one we support. Yeah, here I think it just yeah. Podcast. It's kind of taking out the tier system, right? So I I agree. I like that one. Yeah, next one, foreign buyer ban. We won't spend too much time on yeah, that. I don't like, honestly I don't think it's gonna have that much of an effect. Like you no. already had to pay a major tax as a foreign buyer. Yeah. So like especially in our market, I just don't think and also that's not affecting big white. So like the one yeah. place where it might make a difference is not even applicable. So I don't think I don't see any for transactions in Canada, like the foreign buyers are, are like less than 1% anyway. So it's not going to impact the cost of housing yeah. in Canada. It, it, to me, it's kind of counterintuitive when you're asking, you know, hundreds of thousands of immigrants to come to Canada and then you're restricting their ability to buy a property. It's, yeah. it's not the best solution. I mean, I don't love doing non-resident mortgages they're pretty difficult but they, yeah. they were like you know 20 percent of my my business were they? So, yeah well just because yeah. my overseas ties you're gonna be hungry yeah oh exactly. yeah you're, yeah you've lived everywhere on earth yeah so i had um yeah quite a few international mortgages this year some were rentals some were buying for family but the fact is they had a large down payment they satisfied the lender yeah so it, it was a very small amount of business i think transactionally overall than you know overall the nation yeah i, I don't Taylor think it specifically was affected too. yeah damn it yeah <laughs> Yeah. 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 All those good. years of traveling down yeah. the toilet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've built my sales funnel over the past 20 years and they killed it in one announcement. Don't worry. It's only two years. Then I'm going to, yeah. then yeah. I'm really going to capitalize. Taylor's coming after you. Yeah. yeah. Is there, do we know, is there anywhere else on earth that does this or you just don't allow buyer for buyer? There must be like, I'm sure you can't buy a place in North Korea, but like, <laughs> is there other places where you're just not allowed to? I honestly don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Something, just, something to look into. Yeah. At, at first, I thought it was a little odd just from that angle, but I, maybe, I don't know. I don't buy a lot of international property, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Outside that, like local opportunities. Um, I think I was telling you the other day, there was, you know, I won't say the name or who's listed it, but um, yeah, two properties came up on a, a search. Developer walked away from them. One's probably yeah. 80% finished. The other's 95% finished million dollar houses, 4,000 square feet, pretty desirable area. Yeah. Essentially just went into foreclosure. So those did could they be try, opportun- do you know, Did they try and sell before foreclosure? They did. Yeah. I don't know how long they were listed. Good friend of mine is listing them. We can definitely have him on the show later, but yeah. So they tried to sell during that period, couldn't yeah. sell, went to foreclosure. So now essentially how it works is that, you know, they get an offer as soon as they get an accepted offer, whatever that is basically dictated by the lender or the bank that has that loan, then they'll take that to court, notify everyone else, and then everyone else can come bid and and they know what the bottom offer was. So I'm very interested to see what those properties sell for. There obviously is some risk there, but there's a bit of value in the fact that, you know, if if a builder could come in and finish those off. do you have to be a buyer or a builder to buy those properties or can... Yeah. So for those ones specifically, they've listed that in one of the, the clauses that you have to have a home builder license because you need the home builder insurance or the warranty. But I, I, I think they may be changing that because it, it is very restrictive. And I don't think a lot of builders want to buy a 90% finished they property. They have no idea what's behind. Everything. Yeah. They, they want to 
take it top to bottom themselves. You know, if you're putting your name behind it and a warranty, I don't think you'd want to take that risk. But as a buyer, you could you could buy it and um, basically bring in a different builder if you want. You just have to have them signed on. So yeah, that would be interesting to see if there's opportunities there's, there. Yeah, that's that is interesting. Like there could be an opportunity on that one or similar ones like that, right? Yeah. Outside that, do you, do you see anything else in the market that's that's interesting on on opportunities or anything that uh, people in the market should be looking for? Well, I so like overall, sellers are sticking to their prices. Like they are coming down a bit. So there's just been less sales. So there hasn't been a huge influx of listings, right? So like the mm-hmm. sales are down, but also the listings are down, which is keeping our prices up, right? So if we all of a sudden get a major influx of listings coming on, then that could have an impact on our prices, Yeah, right? Like there are obviously the prices are impacted already, but they're not as much just because the inventory is way down. It, it's funny how our mind works that way, right? Like if I tell my neighbor his house is worth a million dollars, he accepts it immediately. If I come back six months later and say, oh, the market's corrected, your house is only worth 800, he's still stuck at that million. Yeah. But then if I come back another six months later and say, oh, it's now 1.2, instant, yeah, it's 1.2. So yeah. I, I think it's really difficult to for people to retract in their price. So you won't see a lot of listings that just start to, to slash prices. No, yeah. And also like real estate goes up over time right? Maybe not in the short term, might be a year, might be two, maybe three years. So like sellers, unless there's like a life event or something, they will just wait it out. Right. So like, it's kind of nice because it's not great for realtors because there's less sales, but for home values overall, the less listings are keeping it up. Right. So like, unless something happens, unless everybody in Kelowna gets divorced and all of a sudden there's every second house is listed. Yeah. I think the prices are going to stay reasonable. Right. That is a very real risk, though. I mean, the divorce rate is, yeah, summertime's well, coming. And, yeah, summertime, like higher interest payments. Yeah. Like, you know, like you get a little bit of squeeze. Like maybe that does happen. But yeah. I don't know, like enough to change uh, all of these things. But selfishly, what, uh, what are you seeing at Big White? Because I feel like that market would correct earlier than anything else and well, probably stay down I, longer. So I just had one listed. It was pretty cheap. I think it was... What did I list that one at? One seventy-eight or something, or yeah, one seventy-seven. I listed at one seventy-seven. It was a lot of interest right off the bat. Sold in a couple of days, but there was no financing on that one, right? So like, there, it was only a studio, so hard to get financing on that one. Yeah, but it sold. There was so many buyers that sold right away. There, that is a low, lower price, but also who has one hundred seventy-seven thousand to pay for that? So like, I don't know if that's an indication of the whole big white market. I know that over the last couple of years, Big White has been booming like crazy. Yeah. Uh, I think it's probably slowed down since then. But from what I've seen just anecdotally, it seems to be really desirable still. Also in the middle of the season, like, well, right now we're kind of in mid-season. So like probably sales are still up. But when we get to the end, I know Big White's pushing their um, summer, like summer accommodation and the mountain biking and all that. So it's been helping for the... To, so that sales in the summer don't go to zero, but I don't. It's not the same as skiing, right? It's not, it's not the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. So like, I don't know. I think it's going to maybe slow down as we get near the end of the season into the summer. But from what I have seen myself, it seems to be holding up pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, keep me keep me on the matrix. Send me some some send me some listings. I'm yeah always interested. I'll do that. Um, okay, I got to wrap this up. I'm meeting a uh, a builder 
in Lake Country, checking out his house because I'm doing a new build next year. So just vetting out some builders. So I got to get going. But um, yeah, thanks for the market update. And um, if anyone has any kind of further questions or stuff they want to learn about in the future for any market updates we might be doing these kind of quarterly um where can they find you matt where can we reach out to you yeah reach out always phone me is the best uh, my number is 250-870-0911 or i'm most active on instagram so you can see me there and my handle is matt glenn real estate nice and uh yeah you can find me emails best way taylor at venturemortgages.com uh website venture mortgages and uh, instagram venture mortgages so um thanks for listening guys and we'll we'll see you next week Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages.